Welcome back to Oliver's Insights, part of the Simplifying Investing podcast series. It's great to have you here. A reminder that this podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what's right for you. Any general tax information provided is provided as a guide only. And with that out of the way, here's Shane. G'day everyone and welcome to the latest Oliver's Insights podcast. Of course, this week we've seen the Reserve Bank raise interest rates again by another 0.25%, taking the official cash rate to 3.1%. guess the question is, when will it ever end? And of course, in the last week or so, we've also heard that property prices continued to fall in November. So we're going to focus in this week on those two issues. That latest increase by the Reserve Bank took the increase in the official cash rate to 3.1%, which is a 300 basis point increase or 3% increase from where it was back in April. That of course now exceeds the 1994 tightening cycle, but equals the 2002-2008 tightening cycle, which amounted to 300 basis points. But of course that was spread over 71 months, whereas this one has been spread over eight months. The speed of rate hikes this time around, compared to the past, reflects the extent of the blowout in inflation and the low starting point for the cash rate. Now in raising interest rates again, no great surprises from the Reserve Bank. It reiterated that inflation remains too high. It's still expected to rise further to 8% year on year this quarter. The economy is still growing solidly. The labour market remains tight and wages growth is continuing to pick up. And its priority, this is the priority of the Reserve Bank, is to return inflation to the 2 to 3% target. And it remains resolute in its determination to do so and will do whatever is necessary to achieve it. However, the Reserve Bank also reiterated that it has already increased interest rates materially, monetary policy operates with a lag, and it wants to keep the economy on an even keel. All of which explains why I think the Reserve Bank stuck to a 0.25% hike rather than revert to the 0.5% hikes we were seeing up until September. While it has referred to the possibility of a pause, thinking, well, maybe they will pause this time around, the Reserve Bank probably concluded it's a bit too early for that, particularly given that the Reserve Bank does not meet in January. Now, of course, one of the key things from the Reserve Bank's post-meeting statement is its commentary regarding the outlook. Now, of course, given the problems they've got into over the last uh, couple of years in relation to this, they're outlook is now very qualitative and a lot vaguer. They're no longer saying things to the effect that interest rates won't move until some years down the track, like they were a year or so ago. Basically, the Reserve Bank is saying that it expects to increase interest rates further over the period ahead. Now, it's been saying that for a while, and people interpret that as a hawkish bias and inclination to continue raising interest rates. But this time around, it added a qualifier. It noted that it is not on a preset course. Now, of course, it's been saying that for some time now, but the fact it's found its way into the post-meeting statement gives it a bit more authority and suggests that the Reserve Bank is a little bit less hawkish and it clearly paves the way for a pause, not necessarily immediately, but sometime in the next few months. Now, of course, banks are likely to pass the RBA's hike on in full, or if not, a big chunk of it, and I don't think that's going to be a major issue. But it is worth pointing out that we've now got mortgage rates up around 2012 levels, early 2012 levels. In fact, we've seen over the course of eight months, almost 10 years worth of mortgage rate cuts reversed. So we've seen a massive change in interest rates. Now, of course, to get something comparable to that, as I mentioned earlier, you've got to go back to uh, what happened over the 2000 two to 2008 period, but that of course occurred over six or seven years. To get anything comparable again, as rapid and as steep 
you've really got to go back to the 1980s when inflation was much higher and household debt was a lot lower. So that period is not necessarily comparable to what we're going through right now. Now, despite all the commentary, we actually think we're getting close to the peak and maybe we've already seen the peak in interest rates. And there's a couple of reasons which uh, support that view. For some time now, we've been, I guess, at the dovish end in terms of the spectrum regarding the outlook for interest rates. A year ago, uh, we were one of the few expecting a rate hike this year. Of course, it's come in a lot uh, more aggressive than we would have thought a year ago. Right now, though, we are of the view that we may already be at the peak, or if not, then very close to it. There's a bunch of reasons for that. Firstly, global supply bottlenecks are continuing to dissipate. We've sharply reduced delivery delays, lower freight costs, and most commodity prices are well off their highs. So I guess we've been talking about that one for some time, but it's now actually showing up in lower US inflation, albeit that it still remains very high. Yes, electricity prices have more upside, but if you look at oil and hence petrol prices, they look to have peaked, and if anything, are now making a zero or negative contribution to inflation. And that is despite the rebound in the fuel excise, um, which occurred at the end of September. Thirdly, many households will experience a significant amount of pain. If you take that latest increase in the interest rate, that adds about $80 a month um, to mortgage interest payments on a $500,000 mortgage. If you take the total increase since April, it's about $900 a month. That's an extra $11,000 a year, which a homeowner has to find. Now, of course, that's gonna really eat into spending power, and of course, reduce growth in the economy over the course of the next 12 months. Then you've got the other group, people who have a fixed mortgage. They did very well a year ago, locking in. Good news. Um, problem is that many of those will reset over the next 12 months. About two thirds of fixed rate mortgages reset over the next 12 months, and they'll jump from around 2% to something like 5 or 6%. Again, resulting in a huge hit to their spending power. And unfortunately, it could cause some uh, financial stability issues as people struggle with those increased mortgage payments. Fourthly, there's increasing evidence that rate hikes are starting to bite. Housing-related indicators, as we all know, are very, very weak. Falling home prices will also depress consumer spending, very negative wealth effects, consumer confidence is at recessionary levels. Bank card spending data indicates a slowing in discretionary spending. And if you look at the most recent retail sales numbers, they're actually falling in real terms. I know we keep hearing we're gonna have a record Christmas well, most years you have a record Christmas. Only problem this time around is that that record will be largely due, I think, to high inflation. And there are some signs of slowing jobs growth. Finally, the risk of a global recession next year is now quite high. And this will weigh on imported inflation and further dampen Australian economic growth, which we see slowing next year. And of course, as growth slows, that means less pricing power and lower inflation. In summary, we see the Reserve Bank as being at or close to the peak. Our base case is that we're at the peak, the 3.1%, but I'd have to say there is a high risk of one final hike to 3.35% early next year. Bottom line is, when the Reserve Bank comes back from its January holiday, I think they're gonna find things a lot softer and that will enable them to go on a pause, maybe one more hike, but bottom line is we're either at the peak or close to it. So I guess the question is, what does this all mean for house prices? Does it mean that maybe we're at the bottom or close to it for house prices, I'd say to that, we'll hold your horses. We knew that house prices fell another 7% so far this year from their highs, they're down 7%. They fell another 1% or so in the month of November. And of course, fairly hefty price falls in that month in Brisbane, Hobart, and continuing in Sydney and Canberra to a lesser degree in other cities. And of course, Perth and Darwin holding up a lot better because they didn't really have the same degree of boom. I reckon there's still more downside to go in house prices and our view remains that top to bottom, 
we'll see a 15 to 20% decline. Bunch of reasons for this. First one is the full impact of renewable rate hikes is yet to be fully felt. It usually takes two to three months for that to fully pass through. There is still the risk of another rate hike to come. And of course, there's all those people on fixed rate loans who will see a big reset over the course of the next 12 months, which may cause um, some mortgage stress and distress selling. Some people refer to that as the fixed mortgage rate cliff. If you think about someone borrowing at say 2%, say 18 months ago, they would have been stress test by their bank on the back of that by their ability to service a mortgage with an extra 2.5% added on to the mortgage rate. Now, of course, fixed rates today are well beyond that. If you go from 2%, you'll probably be going up to around 5% or 6%, well above the so-called interest serviceability test that would have been applied up until October last year. Since October, it's around three percentage points, but even there, odds are you'll probably go through that. This, as I mentioned, I think will result in a significant increase in stress and some increase in sales. The other factor, of course, is that economic conditions, I think, will deteriorate through next year. I don't think we'll go into recession. I've been through that in the past, and I think we will modest or just avoid a recession. Um, in other words, have very modest growth. Um, but obviously, as conditions slow, unemployment will go up and that will be an additional dampener for property demand and also a potential driver of increased supply. So bottom line is, we think there's more downside to come. One argument, I guess, is well, property prices if interest rates rather are starting to top out, then maybe that's the bottom. A couple of arguments on that front working in the other direction. If you look at the last two big property upswing cycles starting in 2012 and also starting in 2019, both of those were preceded by not a pause in interest rates, but a cut in interest rates. So yes, you need the pause, but you also need the cut. Uh, the start of property price gains in 2012 was preceded by rate cuts at the end of 2011 and the start of property price gains in 2019 after a big slump since 2017 was preceded by rate cuts in mid 2019. Right now, I'd have to say that even if the Reserve Bank does go on pause early next year, which is what we expect, they won't start cutting rates till towards the end of 2023 or the start of 2024. The other point to note is that the capacity to pay for a Australian borrower who has a 20% deposit on full-time, average full-time earnings, um, that borrower today would be able to borrow about 25%. In fact, after the last interest rate hike, about 27% less than they could have borrowed back in April. Now, of course, and I'm not just talking about borrowing here, the total capacity to pay. Um, so yes, they've got the 20% deposit, but when you put it together, the amount they can now borrow, given the higher interest rates, it means that their total capacity to pay, that's deposit and borrowing, is down at about 25%. 27% in fact, if you allow for the latest interest rate hike. Now, if you go back through history, you do find that that big cut in interest rates that occurred up until recently, down to record lows, enabled people to buy houses on ever higher prices. The capacity to pay went up, now it's going to reverse. So even if interest rates pause at these levels, that capacity to pay hit is still working its way through the system. So the bottom line is we still expect further declines in property prices over the course of the next nine, 10 months or so out of the September quarter next year for a total top to bottom fall of about 15 to 20% in average prices around the country. Sydney may be at the high end of that decline that we've already come down 11% or so in Sydney. Other cities at the lower end and some, if you take uh, Perth and Darwin, may not come down that much at all. So bottom line is, good news, we are getting close to the top in interest rates. And in fact, we think we might already be there. Um, bad news is, for those who are homeowners, that prices might come down further, but that might turn out to be good news for those looking to get into the property market. So I hope that's been of value. Until we meet again, adios. 
keep up to date with Dr. Oliver and the Simplifying Investing podcast series, be sure to subscribe to your favorite streaming platform. That way, you'll never miss an episode. All topics discussed today are general in nature and haven't taken your personal circumstances into account. It's important you consider taking tailored financial advice that is relevant to your own situation before making any important financial decisions. Thank you.